Oh, hey, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of No Wellness Wankery. I'm Lindy Cohen, your dietitian, your nutritionist, and your hater of all things wellness wankery. And of course, I'm joined by my fabulous co-host, Jenna DePease. Hello. Yes, welcome back to No Wellness Wankery. Now, today, we wanted to, I think we've talked a lot about other people's experiences of binge eating and my experiences, but I don't think on the podcast we've spoken about your experiences, Lindy. Mm. Mm. And, and you know, I have talked about my story many times, but I don't think I've ever really gone into so much detail about the binge eating recovery part of it. And I think when you're in recovery yourself, hearing other people's stories, things that helped, things that made it tricky is really important. And just knowing that, because all these things, as we said before, it is a, it happens in private, it happens in secret, and it's so easy to think, everyone else has it together, why don't I have it together? Why am I doing this and no one else is doing it? And it's just nice to hear other people are doing the exact same thing that you are doing. <laughs> and I think that's such a beautiful way to lead into this idea of firstly, the first thing to know about binge eating is... It's an incredibly normal, common, natural response to restriction in the form of, you know, either going on a physical diet, being like, I can't eat these foods, or it's simply telling yourself, oh, I should try and be good. These things are going to trigger binge eating. And ma- majority of people I speak to know what it's like to experience a binge. For some reason, we think it's this little problem that only a small number of people are affected by that, or maybe only we're affected by, but it's the most common eating disorder by a landslide. And even those, you know, there's a, there's a whole bunch of people who perhaps can't be diagnosed as having binge eating disorder, but experience binge eating quite frequently. And that's a thing for them. They might just go, oh, I feel out of control around food. I can't stop eating. I don't know what's wrong with me. You might not even realize you have binge eating until listening to this episode. And if so, I, I'm, I'm glad because you can, you can stop binge eating. It's not something I think, I think I remember feeling like, oh, I'm going to binge eat forever. This is yeah. just who I am. I can't fix this. Um, there's something wrong with me. (laughs) There's something wrong with me. I'd always feel like every Sunday I would just eat too much and I would try again better on Monday. And that's just what I would do for the rest of my life. Cause it, 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 it doesn't feel like you have any control over it. So if you have no control over it, how can you stop it? Like it's like in your subconscious mind, but good news is you can. So I thought we'd start with just tell us a little bit about your story. Yes, let's start at the beginning. Um, I'm sorry if you have heard the story a million times, but I will start. (laughs) It probably, I think, started when I was put on my first diet at 11. So just to recap, I was 11, went to a nutritionist for no reason other than the fact that I wasn't thin. So I was, she's, she's like, you're well within your healthy weight range for your BMI. Um, I don't need to put you on a diet. But yet she proceeded to put me on a diet. So she's like, this is a healthy eating plan. Yes. That you have to weigh all your food and calculate everything you eat and it's calorie controlled and you have to come back to me regularly for weigh-ins so I can see how you're progressing. Uh, And so began the beginning of my... um, diet journey. And I became really diligent in following these diets. I can't remember at what point I had my first binge, but it wouldn't have been too soon after because when you're trying to control everything you're eating and generally under eating, because, you know, I don't know how many calories I was on as an 11 year old, but it would have been pretty low. These days, the common thing is that we put people, well, not we, but diet industry put people on a 1200 calorie diet, which is how much energy a toddler requires to, to get through their day or a 1500 calorie diet. And these are 
statistically, this is a far less food than you actually need to survive and thrive. Actually, it's, it's bare minimum, really. Yeah. And all the research that we kind of look at goes, well, when someone is in the state of this kind of calorie deprivation of under eating, the food preoccupation starts to happen, food obsession. You can't stop thinking about food. When you do eat the food, it's highly palatable and you crave it so much. And and then and then the dopamine response you get when you do eat that food is is like a party in your brain compared to before you eliminated that food. So it's creating this perfect storm of binge eating. So it's so natural then that me calculating how much I was trying to eat and then on top of this, I was so hungry because I'm going through puberty. Yeah, you're hungry. <laughs> you're probably doing activities and sports and you're hungry. Totally. I was just, I, and I really needed more food. And I'd look at my like 45 grams of breakfast cereal that I was allowed, which if you've ever weighed yeah, out that breakfast 40 cereal. 40 grams of breakfast cereal oh, is such a small amount. One lies that this is a serving <laughs> size. Such lies. No, I mean, I if you're hungry in the morning, you need to eat far more than that suggested serving size. That's an aside note. Anyway, so I soon, I'm pretty sure I started binge eating soon after, but I think the way that binge eating often happens and what happened for me is I began binging progressively more and more. So maybe it was once off, it would happen and then I'd feel like, oh, I've just got to get back on track. And maybe I could actually get back on track. But with time, the harder I, the longer I dieted, the more frequent the binge eating became so that it was once a month and then it became once a week and then it was once a day and then it was multiple times a day. And I think what's really important is the things that we often think when we're in binge eating, I was like, okay, I'm going to try harder to fix my binge eating by compensating for all the food I just ate. Yep. You know, so, so it looked like, okay, this is, let's paint the picture of what a binge would look like for me. It was, it was probably peak around like 16, 17, especially if I was going through like a hard phase at school things would happen. I'd come home after a day of, I'd walk myself to school. I'd have like a tuna salad for lunch. I'd have like a very calorie controlled snack for morning tea. I wouldn't let myself have an afternoon tea and I'd be so hungry by the time I got home. I'd force myself to walk home, which is like an hour and a half walk home so that I'd burn more energy. And by the time I got home, if no one was home, that was like prime situation for me to binge eat. And then it was like, okay, I'd start off trying to eat healthily. So I'd be like, okay, maybe I'll just have some yogurt with some berries. Okay, cool. I'd finish that. And then I was like, I can't eat anything else, mm, but maybe I'll just have this. And then it but was maybe like, I'll just have this. Yes. <laughs> some correct. Carrots and, and then, oh, that really didn't satisfy. Maybe I'll have a piece of bread, you know, uh, but I'll just have one piece and then it becomes two pieces and then it becomes peanut butter straight from the jar. And then it's, I'm like searching. I know that there's like a hidden, a hidden cupboard where all the treats are kept in my yep. house that my family have hidden from me that everyone else is somehow meant to know. So I've got to like scurry into like the laundry where my mom's like packed it up like on the highest shelf. And I'm like standing up there, like perched like a possum. Yeah. No one's going to come find me. And then it makes you feel terrible about yourself that you are like so wild for this food. Wild. Yeah. Like a crazy person. I feel yep. like a crazy person <laughs> at this point. And then, and then there's the equation in my mind as I'm been cheating being like, okay, well, um, 
how much of this can I eat before it becomes really obvious that I've really yep. dug into this? How am I going to replace this package? If this package needs replacing, is it better if I just eat the whole thing? So then there isn't just like a little bit left so yeah. that it's less obvious. Um, maybe I could go to the shops tomorrow and then I can replace the thing that I'm about to binge eat. And it's, it's a whole equation. Empty wrappers, where do I put them? How do I discard them in the way that no one's going to actually find them? I feel you. It even feels good to get that off your chest. Sure does. But what do you think is the main difference between binge eating and emotional eating and just overeating? Mm, so good to know this. Okay, so so binge eating is so it is can be diagnosed as an eating disorder. You can binge eat without having a binge eating disorder, but once it starts to happen more than once a week for three months, then we start to get into diagnostic kind of area. And a binge looks like eating way more than you normally would in a normal sitting, feeling guilt or shame or remorse after eating it. And it's often followed, but not essential, by compensatory behaviors. So yeah. by trying to undereat the next day, which only fulfills another binge. It's so, so what's a binge to me might be different from what's a binge to you, but the sense of out of controlness, it's really, that's really different. So these days, uh, you know, I think emotional eating is, is quite different. So emotional eating is something hard happened to me or something good happened to me and I'm going to eat and it's going to make me feel better. Now we all do some degree of emotional eating. That's totally normal. We're emotional creatures and we use food for coping. So that's perfectly fine. The question is, is it just one part of your coping strategy or is it, you know, do you have other coping methods that you have? But emotional eating is like, especially at the moment where I have emotional eating, every few months I might be like, oh, I had a really hard day. I'm going to go grab. The other day I like had like, oh, I got like a Nutella donut. And I went and got a Nutella donut and I was like, I had a really hard day. I sat there, I ate it and I finished it and I felt good. <laughs> and it felt like it felt cathartic and it ended there. Yeah. You know, there was, it was, and, and, and I could say to my husband, oh, I just really feel like, emotionally eating right now. He goes, okay. And then I did it. And you know, I know it's, it was a very, it's a very, it's a very different experience. Very different. So when it starts to feel like it's landsliding, that might be when it becomes a binge and it all exists on a continuum on a spectrum um, of like healthy eating to binge eating kind of. Yeah. So it's important to know, kind of going, well, maybe Maybe you have some binge eating in your life. And I think it was really important that we understand well, what causes binge eating because then we can go, well, how can we, how can we impact on binge eating? What causes binge eating is two main things. One is the remorse and the guilt and the shame you feel afterwards. So the beating yourself up about it, that's really important to try and interrupt because Every time you kind so so let's say I'm someone who's a normal healthy eater. They're giving you the example of like me emotionally eating after I had the donut. I didn't go home, drive home and go, I can't believe I ate that. Yeah. You didn't attach the guilt and shame to it. You just moved on. I was like, that was great. I was, you I know, enjoyed the donut. It was delicious and I do feel better. And that's really nice. We don't do that with binge eating often. We, we, we go, that was awful. I have to stop doing that. And the more we shame ourselves around it, firstly, we're, we're putting ourselves in a worse position mood wise, which can be a trigger for binge eating as well. So we're not helping that cause, but we're also probably more likely to then do compensatory behavior. So that's the rest, what I'm talking about is restriction. So um, you might go, all right, well, tomorrow I'm going to change how I eat. I'm going to eat really light or I'm going yeah. to, um, maybe I should just cut out carbohydrates or maybe I should just control my portion sizes or whatever it is. We, we always try and go to go, what am I going to do to fix this? I'm going to weigh myself. I'm going to 
take unflattering before and after photos of myself to like shame myself into to doing action. I'm going to sign up to something. So this compensatory behavior in the dieter's brain, we're like, okay, this is helpful. This helps me stop binge eating. If I didn't do this, my, my, my weight would balloon. I would keep going. I would just keep binging forever. Yes. These food rules that I've applied, they are the very thing, the last thing that's keeping me tethered in some way. And I guess what I need you to understand is what if they're not? What if this very thing that you think is helping you feel controlled around food is the very thing that's causing this out of control eating and that these compensatory behaviors, if they worked, why would you be binging more and more? You know, this strategy is clearly you're, you're in this cycle and we can see the trajectory. You keep trying really hard to compensate for that binge. And now you're binging more than you probably ever have feeling more crazy around food, more out of control around food. And it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Let's try the opposite. Let's try the opposite. Well, I'm assuming you did try the opposite. Like what was the key to your recovery? Okay. So after (laughs) I got to 21 years old, so this is 10 years into my dieting career and I was 21 standing, I was trying to get an outfit for a friend's 21st, standing in, looking in the mirror at a Vinnie's, (laughs) which is a secondhand shop for anyone that's not in Australia. And I was I hated myself. Yeah. I, you know, it, it, I hated my body, I, but I hated who I was because when you are binge eating, I think it also relates to the sense of your sense of self is questioned because I don't, you believe I don't have willpower. I don't have self-control. I am a failure. I can't even get this thing right. You know, I, my, the rest of your life can be completely sorted, but if you're binge eating, you feel like you're completely failing at everything. Want to stop binge and emotional eating for good? Understand the cause of these habits. Learn how to deal with afternoon or evening binges and get the number one tool you need to break up with binging for good with my free five-day course. This means no more hiding food wrappers, eating in secret, or feeling guilt and shame around your eating behaviors. Instead, you'll learn how to regain control over food, make peace with your body, and stop being consumed by thoughts of food all the time. Sign up to my free course in the show notes and experience the life-changing transformation for yourself. I feel that because I even, I think when I was growing up, I would see people that probably had other eating disorders, but they were in really thin bodies. So they were like celebrated. And I could, and I was at the point where I could see I have eating disordered eating as well. And I'm suffering just as much as them, but I'm not even doing that right. Uh, I'm failing at my eating disorder. I'm failing at my eating disorder. (laughs) Yeah, it's so disordered, isn't it? It's so bad. I think we need to get to a point in society where we see someone in a larger body and we don't assume it's poor willpower or self-control or laziness. We go, there's disordered eating there. And absolutely there's disordered eating there. Is that not something that's obvious to all of us? Anyway, apparently not. we're going to get that point. Um, But here I was staring at myself filled with self-loathing and I couldn't find anything to wear. Mm. A feeling that I was very familiar with. But this time something clicked. I just thought I was I was close to tears. I jumped into my car and I burst into tears. I just started bawling. I drove directly to my GP. I waited for the first appointment with whatever GP was available at that medical center. I went in to see him. I explained my problems. 
I probably skirted around it, you know, the binge. Yeah. I don't think I probably was as forthright. I was pretty ashamed about this behavior. It was something I kept hidden from everyone in my, like there was no one I told apart from like my journal. Yeah. (laughs) Which by the way, for one year when I was probably like 15, I kept a journal every day where I forced myself to record the depths of my binge eating. So I'd have to, I'd force myself as like a shame strategy to write down write everything down eaten. I'd eaten as a way to kind of like try and motivate me to do better the next day. And it's basically just a catalog of my disordered eating and I'd record my weight and say awful things to myself. But it was, anyway, what I'm saying is the binge eating was very secret. He's the first person I'm ever telling about my binge eating to. And he says, how about you try this new diet that my wife is currently having success, success with? And yeah. I, 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 I like to think that there was a moment that I thought, mm, this isn't right. I know you're a doctor. I know I'm meant to trust you, but surely you can't be telling me I just need to try harder because I've tried. I have tried for 10 years. I have tried more than anyone I've known. This has occupied my brain. This is, this is my very essence. This is, I've, I've become a dietitian because I've decided that this is the way that I'm going to finally control my binge eating. Yeah, you know you've tried as hard as you possibly can. Yeah, and here you are. <laughs> Saying try harder. Try harder. And I think it clicked for me then. So he recommended I go on anti-anxiety medication, which I did and was very grateful for because uh, it was very hard for me to come on to that medication. Um, I left this doctor's appointment not knowing I had binge eating disorder. It wasn't yet added as part of the um, diagnostic criteria. So it didn't even exist as as an eating disorder, which shows how – how much progress we still need to make. And we're still very much in the early days of helping people with binge eating. So I remember crying a lot. I drove to my parents to go and tell them about this kind of anxiety diagnosis. And they were too busy at the time to help me. Um, So then I drove home by myself feeling like the most alone that I've ever felt. But I remember there was a line in the sand after that day. I saw that if I kept trying this approach of trying to be good and obsessing over food, I was gain. You know, you know what it is. I was propelled by weight. I was like, okay, I see. I, I'm gaining more and more weight, and gaining weight was the scariest thing to me as a dieter. It's like there was the, the last thing I wanted. So I kind of used that. I was like, well, I see. If I keep doing this, I'm going to keep gaining weight. So what if I did the opposite? And even if that's going to be your motivation, I don't care. Because if it's going to get you to stop dieting, then you're going to be able to free yourself from that thinking. Don't do it to lose weight, but... If it's going to give you that little bit of breathing space to see out of the diet for one split second... Yeah, let it, let it, let it motivate you. Yeah. Let the thing that's controlled you your entire life give you something in return. And I was like, okay, well, what if I did the opposite? What if I stopped trying to control what I ate and I you know, did this. No one was really talking about this at the time. There was no binge eating specialist dietitians I could see. I was a 21 year old who couldn't afford to go see a specialist anyways. Um, I did ask my parents to go see a psychologist, which um, I ended up going to see the wrong psychologist, to be honest. I went to go see someone that my parents had found through their friends. And we had some sessions where it was, you know, my parents and I to try and talk about like how I was feeling shamed about food and controlled around food. And those sessions didn't go well because it was basically the, the psychologist was like a 50 year old woman who shared the same, you know, belief systems that my parents did, which is that if you don't control what your daughter eats, she's going to spiral. Yeah. And so 
wasn't helpful. So my advice there is to find a good psychologist when you're in this, when you realize I need to sort this out, go find a psychologist and find someone who go on their website and do you resonate with them? You can even like, sometimes with psychologists, they'll let you have like a little chat online, like a phone call to be like, do we connect? Are we the right for each other? I want them to be a specialist in binge eating. You have a lot more options now. I know even like if you're a younger person and you are into social media and that type of thing, then the psychologist would probably have a social media too. And you can look at them, get a little glimpse into their world because it's a very scary thing to take the plunge to go. So you want to kind of like check your bases first and make them feel so much more comfortable and wanting to go. Yes. I recently had a client, so I've got this program called Keep It Real Program. So if if you realize that you are struggling with binge eating, I would love to help you inside this program. It's everything that I wish I knew when I was recovering from binge eating program. It, it gives you a step-by-step approach, which I never, ever had. I was just trying to work it all out for myself. But one of my clients in there, she came to me and said, I've seen the psychologist and the psychologist has told me to record what I eat. And she gave some other advice that like alarm bells went off in my mind. And I was like, this doesn't sound right. This is a psychologist who says that she's, you know, apt and, and prepared to deal with this kind of problem, but I'm a specialist in this specific area. And I'm telling you that this is the, the absolute wrong approach. So then I called the psychologist with the, with the permission of my client in the program. And I said, Hey, we're going to talk this out. This is the conflict because I think you're you're basically creating more of an issue. And it was really clear to me that this person, the psychologist had really good intentions, but really didn't know what they were doing with binge eating. And they were just trying to go and and apply like an approach, a diet approach really to try and recover from binge eating. So this is really important that you're having the right team around you who really specialize in binge eating because doing traditional, you know, (laughs) following traditional advice, like what we see everywhere else is going to actually make binge eating so much worse. So finding a psychologist who says, I specialize in binge eating, important, finding a dietitian who specializes in binge eating. Now you can go and see someone one-on-one, which I think is, is a brilliant idea. Once again, that specialist eating disorder, yep, specialist diet, dietitian or nutritionist, but they really have to have some experience in it. Um, and of course I have my keep it real program, which I would, you know, that's another option as well. But I want you to build a team around you, a team where you can start to talk about your binge eating and what it is and and how to recover from it, because I didn't have that. And that's why it took me so many years to recover because I was really just trying to do my own research. And and you can also do that. You can also, (laughs) but it will take time. It will take time. And I think it also takes a long time to even realize you have a problem in the first place. Mm Because if you're, you're not born with knowledge about binge eating. So as you, but you're basically born into the world of diet culture. So it's automatically giving you messages that you just need to try harder. Other people can do it. It's willpower. It's not you. So if you've already stumbled across this podcast and you haven't heard it before, amazing, (laughs) because maybe we can save you a fair few years of not knowing that this is even a thing. Exactly. And you don't need to wait until you can be diagnosed with binge eating disorder to get help. Even if you're like, okay, well, I've had a few binges, a handful of binges, or it's something that's happening and I'm noticing and I'm getting a bit worried that it's kind of becoming a thing. The earlier we intervene, the better. Um, But left untreated, binge eating gets worse. Yeah. Because following traditional advice does aggravate it and make it make it more of a problem. So it's just a question to you is at what point are you willing to seek support and what's that going to look like? Um, if you haven't yet read my book, I, th- I do think reading my book, Your Weight Is Not A Problem, is also just a really nice entry way to understand some of the key concepts. It's just also like an affordable way to kind of really get that entry into understanding it. Because 
recovery from eating disorder or disordered eating can be expensive. And I'm, I'm fully aware of that, which is there's the heaps of free resources on my website as well. We have this podcast because as someone who's been there, I really, I really care about helping you. I know how lonely it is. Yes. Thank so, you so much for sharing with us. My pleasure. It's been such a pleasure. I hope everyone feels like this is not something that you have to feel ashamed about, that you realize that it's a really common response and that you realize that dieting will make it worse. It won't help you control your binge eating. Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast of No Wellness Wankery. I would really appreciate if you could rate this podcast. I'm... I'm dead keen on getting rid of diet culture and helping to eliminate it. But when they're so loud, it's we need a lot of us to try and champion non-diet messaging. So if you can, hop on over to wherever you're listening to this podcast and rate it. A five-star would be really nice. I'd be so grateful. Hey, I've got a question for you. Does binge eating feel like your dirty secret? And are you sick of trying to be good, but falling off the bandwagon and losing control around food? If so, I can help. Binge Free Academy teaches you how to beat binge eating and feel in control around food giving you doable evidence-based strategies. You'll get lifetime access to 30 practical step-by-step video lessons, 12 group coaching calls with me, and become part of my Binge Free Academy community for life. As a recovered binge eater, I get it. I know there's no quick fix or one-stop shop for binge eating. And so that's why I want to give you the ongoing support and care you need and deserve. And I'm so confident it will help you that I'm offering you a 30-day money-back guarantee. So no risk or reward. You can take control over your food and your life. And I think it's the best investment you'll ever make towards reclaiming your life, your health, and your happiness. To learn more about Binge Free Academy, you can click the link in the show notes or go to lindycohen.com slash binge-free-academy.